0: WorkHuman is the pioneer of employee recognition and their podcast, How We Work, highlights everything that shapes the employee experience and what leaders can do right now to change it for the better. If you are leading meaningful work experiences for others, this show is a must. Subscribe to How We Work anywhere you listen to podcasts. And after you listen in, I want to know your takeaways. Creating positive work vibes. Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn-Gregory, and you're on Gut Plus Science, a mentoring platform for people-first leaders of all levels. Here, we talk to exceptional leaders who prioritize culture, get fired up about employee engagement, and are excited to share ideas and tools for bettering employee experience to help others. Thank you for joining us to invest in being a better leader. Now, let's get to it. Hey, Gut Plus Science listeners, it's Nikki. The vibe we create with our communication and our efforts is really important. Vibe is an outcome of our culture. Culture, whether intentionally designed or unintentionally created, is there. There's always culture. Now, obviously, we want our culture to be positive, and I'm sure that's true to all of us that are listening to Gut Plus Science. So I'm ready to learn from Christy Scoopvik. She is joining us today to share her years of research experience and passion in workplace culture initiatives. She is the co-founder and chief vibe officer at Work Vibes. It's a tool and a team of experts passionate about how organizations and people make us feel. We will walk away with some new things to try right away to ripple effect good vibes to the humans we surround ourselves with. So let's go. Christy, welcome to Gut Plus Science. You know, when I'm asked how I define culture, I think vibe at work, I think the energy of a collective group. I know physical environment sure impacts workplace culture, but I have seen some outdated, boring workspaces with some passionate people who randomly decorate and draw on the walls or put their ideas all over whiteboards and sticky notes. And I would much rather work there than a beautiful modern space with a mini Starbucks that's all fancy, but quiet as a mouse. And just you just don't see collaboration. And ultimately, the energy is just not there. We all have been in those. So let's dig in today to creating positive vibes at work. All of us can get better at this. All of us can sharpen, and we want to learn from you. I know it's your jam. So let's kick
1: off with your answer of the definition of workplace culture. Yeah. So I think workplace culture, it comes with like a lot of connotations that we've created over time. So when I think of culture, I simplify it to think of like a vibe. Think about what a vibe in general means. Take workplace out of it, right? You walk into Starbucks, you walk into Nordstrom, you walk through Chick fil A, like they, Present themselves with a vibe, and that's why you go there. And so it's really this feeling that people get. And the feeling is created through a series of experiences along the journey. And specifically in a workplace, the employee journey from hire to retire. So many times people, I would say in a workplace, forget that retire also means that there's this alumni piece, kind of like you're an alumni of a college you're super excited, you love the sports there, and then you represent it beyond your time. However long you were there, you represent it. It's the same in the workplace, right? Your brand is extended beyond the time people work there and the reputation that you have in the marketplace. So I think it's important that vibe is also created by people who have left, not just the people who currently exist working there. So good. And so let's talk about
0: how the vibe of our work experience intersects with a person's engagement. How do you bring that to life?
1: Yeah. So a vibe, it's created through a connection, autonomy, flexibility, rewards, and recognition. And there's a few others. But I would say those are some of the top things that are most important. It's kind of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs in the workplace. So these things are important. And whether or not you understand that you're measuring those things and what it personally means for you, you are. So when you go and work somewhere, these are the things that become important to you. And there's this leadership component as well. So what I would say is understanding who you are as a human, what drives you, what your purpose is, what you're passionate about, and then understanding the organizations that you're working for. What is their purpose? What are they passionate about? How do they operate in the moments that matter along that employee experience? So what was it like being a candidate? What was it like as you were onboarded? 90 days in, is it still like that? That creates the experience internally. And then you as a person need to understand what your purpose and passion is so that you can align those as much as possible. So you're doing something that you truly enjoy, brings you fulfillment. And then that is what's going to engage you in the work. So There's a Forbes study out there that's like only 11% of people working actually find joy and passion in what they're doing. It's staggering. 89% of our workforce is just disengaged in what they're doing. So organizations have, I would say, an obligation to get ahead of this and understand what their leadership is doing at the moments that matter to bring the joy and passion and purpose back into the workplace at each step of the journey. That's so good. And
0: we touched on employee engagement being impacted, the onboarding experience. How about talent attraction and that vibe that you're putting off for someone to even consider working there? So many things. When it comes to lacking awareness, vibes at work and leaders just missing the boat on how important this is, what are the key things that you typically see or popular things that you see around lacking awareness in this area?
1: At work vibes, one of our core values is keeping it super simple. I believe, and I have observed and I have interacted with coach leaders along the way, when you walk through the proverbial front door of the organization right now, maybe it's the door of your office, maybe it's a WeWork space, wherever that is, and you enter and start engaging in work, don't lose sight of what your gut's telling you, the common sense and intuition built into you. And doing simple tasks and things to engage the people within your organization. So your team, your peers, your leaders, what is natural to you shouldn't be left at the door because you're in this cycle of analyzing, should I, shouldn't I? What does that make me look like? How does it make me feel? And I think going back to what we talked about before, if you're in a role that's aligned with your purpose and your passion and what brings you joy, Those natural feelings and intuition and gut are really going to play out and you're going to allow yourself to act in that manner. I think because there's this misalignment of what people are doing and what people want to be doing, they don't use that intuition and gut as much as they probably should. And that's what keeps it simple. When things start to get overanalyzed And you get in this analysis paralysis of looking at an engagement report and the numbers and the percentages and this and that and the other, you lose sight of what becomes important to the people, which is very, very, very simple. People want to feel connected. And you can do that through picking up the phone and talking to them. That doesn't work for everybody. But if you're in an office, why don't you just stop by their desk and say like, hey, what's up? How was your weekend? We've lost sight of some of the simple tactics to engage the workforce, to make them feel connected. And it gets back to like very simple communication from your leader. Let's dig into that a little bit more to
0: think from a organization, you know, at a macro level, some of the actions, but then down to the micro level of simple, intentional action. So less is more. What do leaders that are intentional about Vibe taking simple, intentional actions, do differently? Let's give some specific examples of like how they're leading the organization to create the vibe all the way down to more examples of tactical, small, one-on-one interactions.
1: Because people crave connection with others, it's how everybody is designed. Whether you're an introvert, extrovert, whatever, people want to have a connection. And so I think leaders need to take five minutes a day, time block your schedule, it doesn't have to be a long time, to ask people how they are. Social media is out there. People put stuff out for the world to see. If you are following the people who report to you or your peer, why don't you go into the conversation knowing that they were at their kid's basketball game over the weekend and ask them because that shows a true interest in building that connection with a person or Tell them a little bit about you. Be vulnerable for a minute and let them know that you are a human too. You're not just here to, you know, crack the whip to make sure they get all the work done. But you too are vulnerable and human and you have bad days and you have things that don't go your way. So I just start by knowing a person personally to the extent that you're comfortable with and then taking the time to make the people that you interact and work with feel cared for. So a lot of times you jump into a meeting or a conversation, big or small, and you're like, hey, how are you? Oh, good, good, good. And then you just move on. That isn't intentional and that isn't personalized. So if you can start it with a more personal experience, I think it helps open people up to more connection and communication.
0: All of this is so good. I'm thinking about our team right now. We're all remote, which All of their teams are that way, not even hybrid, not seeing each other every once in a while. So we rely on a platform like Slack or some people use Microsoft Teams. And how do you bring this a lot to life outside of one-to-one Zooms and things like this where we're pouring into one-on-one deposits of connection? But our team, we celebrate every win. Even the smallest wins, like everybody is sharing like, this happened, yay, celebrating, and everybody's putting their emojis on there which helps to increase the energy or an inspiring quote or article or whatever and then sends it out for the rest of the team to get inspired by, right? Are there some other things that you've learned about
1: remote or hybrid workplaces that are using technologies like and how they're
0: pouring into
1: the vibe? Yeah, so one thing that has been super successful with a lot of people that I've worked with and myself included is a video text message. You cannot believe how that makes people feel and how thrilled people are to receive it. We all have a smartphone. We all have a camera and the ability to record a video. And it's as simple as that. And that could go to a group. If you have a group of people that you're leading, you could do it every Friday. Like, hey, great week. They see you. I think we've lost some of that. And we're doing stuff on Zoom, but it brings it back to like simplicity and reality. It has transformed relationships from what I've seen personally and from speaking with others, it's so simple and it's so easy to do. Yes, and then every single
0: person, like you said, has a smartphone on them that we can model the way of like, hey, that was
1: such a better message than reading another email. And then all of us start to adopt that. Yeah. And even if you're jumping in your car really quick, right? Sometimes it even takes time to send a text message and a video puts emotion behind it where text doesn't. So I think that's the key differentiator in that really.
0: Yeah. Our team does quite a bit of audio text. This is inspiring me to add the video component. You know, we're all voice memo while I'm driving or whatever. And at least Stephanie, who you've met on our team, she'll send me an exciting update. And it's so much better to get it with her emotion of like her voice with it than just the text, which would have been cool. I love that. So talk about from a macro perspective. I know with the work that you do, having insights on data to guide how we take the right next steps and keep it simple. Can you share a little bit about how you see leaders leveraging data well and how you help with that?
1: The way I see engagement that has evolved over time, because I think this will help with measurement and talking about that, but I'm currently reading a book called Outlive by Dr. Peter Atia. It's a fantastic book about longevity and well-being. It's very technical, but the way he explains medicine is a great analogy for kind of like vibes and engagement in the workplace. So he describes medicine as three different phases, 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, pre-penicillin, treatment is 2.0, and then we're in medicine 3.0, which is more of prevention. So we know a lot, we've treated a lot, and now we're looking to prevent it. I think of vibes in the workplace and engagement similarly. Like 1.0 was when HR moved from personnel to HR. And then 2.0 is really this phase we've been in for a really long time where it's the treatment of a problem through data that we've collected through an engagement survey. But it's really a lagging indicator to some degree, right? Because it's a point in time that people answer questions and then there's some analysis done behind it and then a plan is created. So it's more treatment of a problem. And then Work Vibes, Engagement 3.0 is really the prevention of people leaving and this great resignation and this disengagement and dissatisfaction with the workplace. So As we look at work vibes and the employee experience or what we call the X factors in that employee experience is using survey tools to measure through a series of a couple questions the critical moments of truth in the employee journey to gather data in a number and in text format to understand disengagements (laughs) along the way to prevent somebody from leaving your organization who you would regrettably not want to see leave. So if you measure along that experience, then you can take very simple actions in real time that don't require a huge group to come together to create a program, to get a budget, to start rolling something out. A leader can simply look at the candidate experience. Here's what it looks like. Here's how we measure up on a zero to a hundred scale. And then here's some of the feedback that we've been getting and it's pretty consistent. So what we need to do is we just need to go make a small tweak here in the candidate experience in order to create a better one, which is gonna create a vibe. And then onboarding at 30 days and then onboarding at 90 days and then the development and leadership and employee experience, exit experience, alumni experience. Some of those things that are critically important to a person in an organization But if we can know them ahead of time through data, then we can do something about them very simply versus waiting for this large overhaul of one survey that gives us so much information. And now we have to create programmatically with a budget and lots of people to go do something. At that point, you've lost your audience. Totally. Well, in those large, massive initiatives,
0: the greatest complaint is what happened? You know, we all took forever to take this long survey and we keep hearing that there's all this data analysis going on. It's like survey fatigue. You hear that a lot. But you know to flip this over and say like, how to keep it simple, I know earlier you mentioned connection, autonomy, growth and development, and total rewards. Are these some of the key factors that you're looking at to really drill down and keep it simple or give a little bit of insight on the areas of measurement?
1: Yeah, we are looking at connection, communication, leadership, total rewards, growth and development, and overall vibe. So when you think about getting out of bed in the morning, what goes through your mind? Are you so excited you can't wait to get into the office or get to work? Or do you snooze the alarm and pull the covers back over your head? So a vibe is a feeling. You have that feeling. What is that feeling? How does it translate? And so we are measuring the things that matter the most. Looking back at like the old school, large, massive initiatives,
0: big surveys, all that, I think one of the other issues is it was this one day in time, one day of 365 to collect this big, long input, but everyone has different days and you might have an off day, take the survey or whatever, and then the data is not really true data. How do you get around that? How often are you, gaining insights from people to give feedback to inform the dashboard that leaders get to
1: see. That's a great point. So we have created a cultural intelligence dashboard that is intended to be as real time as we believe that it can be. The way the world works, you take an Uber, you get a survey. You take a workout class somewhere, you get a survey through the app. And so people are expecting really fast engagement and feedback right away. So We believe that the moments that matter, we've outlined, and then we will measure or survey at that moment so that it's real time, it's accurate, because it's what they're feeling about an action that happened. So the Canada experience, after your first week, you're going to have feedback. You're going to have an impression of what it felt like, and you're going to give that feedback right then and there versus waiting a whole year in order to give that feedback of what it was like, you might not even be there.
0: I love this. And I can see that's bringing it to life to help me understand a really unique difference and saying like the Uber effect or the Amazon effect. So someone just completed their third week the feedback or the questions are going to be around gaining feedback around where are we at on the third week and how they're feeling to understand that vibe. Whereas let's say the entire company just did an all hands. Like it was this big initiative to get everybody together from all across the world and spent all this time creating this virtual experience for them. We want to understand right after everyone participated as much as can give us that feedback, like how are people feeling after these big updates and things we celebrated and
1: hard, tough news? And people can recall information then too, right? Because you could liken it to like a performance review. We've really gotten away from the annual performance review. And there's this idea of continual feedback and continual measurement to know how you're doing along the way. But it's the same idea. It has to be in real time. And that's how you can take meaningful action in the moment that people understand. Because that's another thing you hear in engagement 2.0 is we took this survey and like nothing was done. When really there's probably a team of people who have spent hours upon hours and lots of money, but the tieback isn't there. Something's lost in translation. And I think it's really time. Yes.
0: So Christy, we'd love for you to share a story
1: about a company you've seen
0: transform. You've seen the vibe completely shift. It's been exciting for you all. Share Where were they in the beginning? Like, What was the presenting issue? And then what was the change process like? And then what are some of the successes that you're celebrating or seeing now?
1: I will talk about one specific company that when we entered the picture, I would say it was a little bit like the Wild Wild West. So a US-based company in office and remote, so it had a different components depending on role. And what we heard when we entered in was that this is just the way we do things and it's worked for us. But when you look at the data and the numbers, they had significant turnover. And when I say significant, I mean higher than 50%. So what we started digging into and just doing initially was looking at what they had from exit data. What is the exit data saying? And then would you consider that we measure things a little bit more frequently so that we can make some inferences? Is it really pay, right? Because that's what you're telling us. That's what we're hearing. But there's enough studies out there to show that that's like the third or fourth reason that people actually leave an organization. So as we started digging in, one, change is very hard because if you have people who have been there a good amount of time or used to a certain way, there's a resistance to dig in because they feel personally that they've done something. It's kind of a natural instinct, I would say. The hard part about this is that you have to keep hiring people. You have to keep training people. It's taking your time in order to do all these things. And I know you want to focus on something bigger and brighter and more fun that brings you joy, which is why you're in the role that you're in, but you can't because all of your time is spent hiring people and offboarding them. And so as we got some buy-in to start asking more questions and getting some more information, we started realizing that the candidate experience was misaligned with the actual internal experience. So 30 days in onboarding was good. Candidate experience was really great. 30 days in was really good. 90 day turnover was terrible. So as we started to break it down, why is 90 days terrible? Well, if we have a candidate experience that is super awesome but not realistic, 90 days in, people are out. Then we can start to say, okay, what's really happening here? What do we need to do here? If 30 days is good, what's happening between 30 and 90? That's really kicking our butt. So good. Thank you for sharing that story
0: to illustrate that and to how powerful this two-month window is helping our business dramatically change turnover and stop being on the hamster wheel. So data is just so powerful if we use it in a more simple version. So Christy, help us button up this section of our conversation before we run over to our lightning round. Our topic here is on how to create positive workplace vibes. And I think we've had a lot of information and great inspiration through your stories. If you were to summarize a short list of priorities, if someone's listening and they're like, okay, this sounds like something I need to consider, how would you
1: help build some steps to make impact? So I would say start with a video text message. Who pops into your mind? Send it right then. Don't wait. Don't think about it. Just do it. When you think about your team, is there somebody who pops to mind that you haven't connected with? Just do it right now. And then get to know your people and follow them on social media if that's what it means getting to know them because that's how you get to know them at least to start asking the questions and communicate. So talk to them, understand them, get to know what they like and don't like. It doesn't mean you have to create a job for them, but it does mean that stuff might cross your plate. That you're like, oh, I can give this to so-and-so because now I know this about them, right? Or they are going to go the extra mile because you took the time to make them feel connected to the organization or connected to you and that you care about them. I really think it's going to help you get to know who your people are and what they're up to during their free time if you have no idea. And then use that as a catalyst to know them better so that you can understand these other core elements of flexibility, growth and development, autonomy that are important to them. And then you can start to create some of that and do some of those things internally to fill our cup, if you will. Oh, you totally filled our cup
0: today. So Christy, thank you so much for the inspiration to help do simple things that build connection to our work and amongst each other. So many great tips. And we're going to link out to work vibes as well. So, We can get to know a little bit more about the platform to help us make it simple alongside technology and what you and your team have created. We're going to take a quick break. We'll hear from our sponsor message today, and we'll be right back with what we call our lightning round, where we get to learn and get more connected to the personal side of you. So we'll be right back. If you're leading with a people first mindset, which most likely you are because you're listening to Gut Plus Science, join People Forward Network, the largest community of humans on a shared mission to lead meaningful work. You can find us at peopleforwardnetwork.com or follow People Forward Network on LinkedIn. All right. It's Nikki back with Christy Scoopvick on Gut Plus Science. And we have some questions for Christy so we can get to know a little bit more about the personal side of her and just get to connect a little bit further. One question we always ask, Christy, is your favorite book of all time or a favorite recent read as we are growing a ever-growing recommended reading list? What book would you like to throw on there?
1: So I recently read the book called Fans First by Jesse Cole. He's the owner of the Savannah Bananas. And talk about creating a vibe, knowing your audience and knowing what you're truly passionate about. That is a fantastic read. Now, I'm an audio listener, so I listen to books and he narrates it. Just the passion in his voice and the simple things that he has Done with that organization. And then the true following that he gets is just really about authenticity. And it's quite incredible. I'm going to check it out. Thank you
0: for adding that. And, Christy, share a belief that most hold that you don't.
1: So, you know, when we talk about vibes in the workplace, I would say a good amount of people get tripped up over is the mindset in believing that they can't do something that there's purpose and passion behind for them personally. And my heart of hearts believe that that is the reason for a lot of disengagement in the workplace and vibes that are created because that mindset then leaks through in every aspect of your life, personal and professional. And in my interaction with lots of different organizations and lots of different people, there is this limiting belief that I am just here to do this thing and I might not like it, but I got to bring a paycheck home. And my belief is that if you have purpose and passion in what you're doing and truly find joy in it, the money will follow. I love that. It makes me think of Ikigai.
0: Are you familiar with Ikigai? It might be something that
1: you'd really like. It's this Japanese
0: model for living. Everything intersects, you know? I totally love it. It's a beautiful
1: thing. So Christy, next question for you. What gives your life meaning? On the personal side, I have a husband and three kids, and my kids really give me a lot of meaning. I learn a lot through them, 8, 10, and 13. My son is 10, and he literally has been an entrepreneur or had an entrepreneurial spirit since he could talk. People will ask him naturally, what do you want to do when you grow up? What kind of job do you think you'll have? And He'll look them square in the eye and say, I'm not going to have a job. And I think it takes some people by surprise, but then he continues to articulate that he is going to be an entrepreneur and he's going to build businesses in different areas that he's interested in because that's what he's passionate about. And I think it's so awesome to see somebody at 10 know exactly, and you know, I'm sure that will morph over time but really know at his core that that's the path he's going to follow. And where that leads him might look very different than the $10 bottle car spray wax that he sells right now, but he's 10. Oh, That's so awesome. And what's his name? His name is Britt. Okay. Shout
0: out to Britt. Keep following that entrepreneurial dream. And then can we give a shout out to your other two? You have an
1: 8 and 13. Yes. So my 8-year-old is Sloan, and she believes she's going to be an Olympic gymnast. And then my 13-year-old is Reese, and she is just passionate about a cause that's near and dear to our heart, which is type 1 diabetes, which she's had since she was three and a half years old. And so she is going to live out a passion of helping others, either as a dietitian or endocrinologist. Talk about knowing your meaning and your purpose. I mean, I wish that I knew that early in life. I'm sure you're doing a great job of inspiring these kids. So you
0: get a kudos for that. I know we get to learn through them and we get to do our best in leading them. And it just sounds like you're doing a great job. So glad that you got to do a little shout out there. And Christy, thank you so much for the time today. How can people connect with you? What's the best way? And then if there's anything that you want to just
1: share as far as a resource that you want to guide people to, please share. So you can reach out to me directly at christy at getworkvibes.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I at getworkvibes.com. That's the best way to reach me. I'd be happy to talk to any of you, hear your stories, hear what you've done. I mean, I'm always learning too. We don't have it all figured out. We have a lot, a lot of data points, but there's always something that I'm learning on a daily basis. And then on www.getworkvibes.com, We have a brief survey that anybody can take about their organization that then they would get a report out of. We translate that into where your vibe is and then some key tactics that people can begin to do right now. For anybody who would like to learn more, they can go there and take that short survey.
0: All right. So here's my truth you can act on talking with our friend, Christy Scootvik today. Number one, simplify. That was all throughout Christy's message. That's what they do at Work Vibes. Culture, it's a big thing. And we make it really complicated with long research projects to gain feedback. How can we simplify and be in the now and take action now? Taking a mindset of rather than the 15 steps, let's break it down to three and keep it simple. Number two, focusing on the connection with the other person. So thinking about how we communicate, is email the best way to connect with that other person? Email might be great for making sure every single detail to recap notes of something, of a meeting. That could be a good takeaway. Whereas if we're really looking to build connection with someone, sending a video message to have facial expression and hear our voice And really be able to build more of a connection through that communication that we're sharing. Great tip there. And then shifting from snapshot and time data to real-time data in the moment feedback. I love this example of Christy sharing based on a certain situation, just like if you were going to be in an Uber or get an Amazon package, you're going to get feedback, a survey. And so shifting from one time a year, we're going to ask for feedback on all the things to real-time data based on a scenario. So powerful. Chrissy, thank you for your time. Such great key takeaways, and we'll be linking out to all of your great resources that you shared. We'll see you next time. We just left the world a little bit better. Now, go do something with it.